Okay, hi guys, it's Nastasia Janvier. We're back with Broken Conversations, episode two, and we're talking about um, women leaders, <laughs> women in leadership, right? And what does that mean? How does that look? So today I am joined with lovely, lovely people. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves, and then we're gonna get the ball rolling from there. Oh, also, excuse my voice, okay? I'm, I'm sick. There's a little um, <laughs> congestion <laughs> going mucus. on, right? Mucus. Yes. Um, n- uh, it might have been too much information, but um, that's the that's the voice that we're hearing today, and we're gonna deal with it because what we stick together. <laughs> <laughs> Women's coalition. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and take us off, Amber. Okay, so hello everybody. Oh, my name is Amber Clark. I'm currently a sophomore at FSU. I major in criminology with a minor in entrepreneurship. Um, I'm currently a entrepreneur. I'm the owner of Meeks Next Door, at Meeks Next Door on Instagram, um, which is a beauty company that I founded here in Tallahassee. It offers makeup services as well as like meat lash strips. I don't know if you guys know what that is, um, but I have them on. She has them on. Um, but yeah, in 2019, we will be expanding, so be on the lookout for that. Um, with my business, it actually allowed me to reconnect to my creative side. So I don't know where I'm going to end up. When I graduate, I'm going to have my degree, of course, but um, I just want to have like use my platform to um, inspire other aspiring um, entrepreneurs to basically like go after whatever they want to do, um, because I don't know if you guys read the Bible, but God gave a person what two talents, one talent, and they multiplied it and it became 10. Hello everyone, <laughs> um, my name is Jasmine Ali and I am a senior at Florida State University majoring in political science and I am also um, or formerly a candidate here in Leon County for county commissioner and um, it was so fun to run in the Capitol. Um, what I really found in doing that is that um, this is what I'm passionate about and this is what I love to do. It never felt like work. Even if when I was all up all night crunching numbers, it was always fun to me. So I think this is definitely something um, I want to continue to do and continue to be involved in once I graduate. Additionally, I'd like to go to law school and um, study law so that ultimately I can help make changes to our constitution, especially here in the state of Florida, because I believe that a lot of people have been disadvantaged because they do not have that knowledge of the law and there are not people that look like us Mm -hmm. at the table when it comes to making amendments to the Constitution. So Mm -hmm. that's something I definitely like to do, and I look forward to our conversation today. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Maddie Schaff. I'm a senior at Florida State University studying environmental science and um, when I graduate I hope to go to law school in New York potentially. Um, I want to focus on law putting forth um, policy changes and lobbying for things against environmental racism because I think that's a very big problem in America Mm -hmm. as well as pollution in our cities. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically lobbying against that too. Hello everyone, my name is Octavia Thomas. I am a senior here at Florida State. My major is criminology. However, my master's degree will hopefully be in higher education and public policy. Um, The reason being is because I want to create policies that stop African Americans and other minorities from getting in institutions of higher education. 
So that's what I plan to do. Also, I got a lot of other things that's going on. That's just because I got a lot of talent. So mm-hmm. y'all will see soon in 2019. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. Come through. Okay, so um, female leaders, um, female dominators. Um, how is it? Oh, at be- names. Yes, at <laughs> names. But you could drop that later. We could drop that later. Um, how is it being a female leader in the environments that you guys are in? I know Amaris is here in the entrepreneurial world. We've got um, Octavia in the higher education world. Well, you're everywhere all at once. <laughs> and we have both of you in the realms of both politics and Maddie specifically in um, um, STEM with politics and that's actually really special because we don't have a lot of people going in STEM in politics so um Octavia why don't you take us off with (laughs) 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 why don't you take us off with being a student leader in the work that you do how what what uh challenges that you face being a woman um leader in in your environment um so as I was telling I so she's Nastasia to you, but she's Tazzy to me. So I'm going to use that version. <laughs> so as I was telling Tazzy earlier, being a woman in leadership at Florida State for me means a lot because there's a lot of layers to me being a woman here. It's definitely me being black in addition to me being a woman, in addition to me just being human. So, <laughs> so I think women in leadership for me, it means, like I said, a lot of different layers. So I also have to be faced with being black and being a woman. So when I talk about women in leadership from my perspective, it's gonna come from a black woman's perspective, uh, which is very difficult because sometimes not necessarily being at the table with people that don't look like me is a struggle for me. It's also people that look like me and they just might be black males. So I think Aww. that mm-hmm. that struggle can happen in any space for me, especially at Florida State. It's not always at a table for the people that don't look like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Maddie's answer. To that. <laughs> <laughs> My answer? What the heck? We're going like this? No, you don't have to. Okay. <laughs> like, I this is the line. This is the line. I've been no. called out. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, being a woman in STEM is interesting mm-hmm. at Florida State. I believe like a lot of my classes are male dominated, and even being a woman in that space, like. Like, we're forced to do group projects, so we're forced to be in, like, a small uh, area where we are put that in, right in our face that, like, maybe someone doesn't necessarily respect my knowledge, despite my GPA, despite mm-hmm. my experience. Like, um, and I think that's something that I've worked with, as well as, like, going into politics. Like, that's also very male-dominated, as we can see. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like expecting adversity, but not accepting it you know what I mean mm-hmm. like not not taking that for what it is and being okay with it so every step of the way I'm trying to change the minds of people who already have a preconceived notion of what I'm capable of so yeah I feel that I think um you tackled this um two-step problem where you're attacking one the change that you want to see in your actual field and then two the change that you have to go through as being a woman to bring about that change and that's hard because first you're faced with like this personal um not trauma but this personal um problem that you have to go through for people even like to hear you out um to hear what you have to say and then two what are we even trying to do so yeah i definitely feel that well for me <laughs> <laughs> look i'm not because there's I'm just, so, you know, I know, I just got so much to say you know, about this you know, as a woman put a, lot a woman in politics and and for me like 
you know, I just ran, and, and I'm a young mm-hmm. black woman. <laughs> That's the most under. Can we give a round of applause real quick for that? <laughs> Y'all are so extra. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's that's the most that's the most underrepresented group mm-hmm. in the United States government, and so there were a lot of times where I felt like maybe even in a daily routine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, Richard Garzola and I, we both had a mentor who's a state rep, and he sat down both of us and was talking to us, but he looked at me and he was like, you know, you're gonna have to, you are a woman, so we can't really relate to you on that level but what I'm going to tell you is that things are going to be very different for you and even in your daily routine with getting up and the time that you have to get ready and being able to get to things as quick as other people it's not going to be the same and so you have to prepare yourself for that and find ways to adapt so that you can be just as or even better than your male counterparts Mm -hmm. and um, you'll find most of the time you have to like, you don't have a choice but to command respect because it's not going to be given to you. And also just, like, knowing how to deflect and not even entertain mm. um, misogyny and, like, sexual advances and people telling you how you should present yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like, from the first time I think I filed, someone told me, oh, you need to lose 20 pounds to be more appealing and then um, later on, they're like, oh, you need to, you know, press and wear your hair and that, like, curled. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you need to wear more cleavage and a shorter dress and all types of disgusting and weird, crazy things. And, uh, you know, I never take it personal and I always learn to just disregard it and keep going. Um, I think one of the hardest things that uh, I have to deal with and that I had to deal with was when to speak on something and when to just stay quiet and um it during like the whole me too stuff because that was like a big issue during my campaign i really wanted to say something especially even with my own experiences and i had a, a man who was already elected um when i asked him like you know because let me just say there aren't that many female mm-hmm. electeds that can help me out or give me advice so most of them are men and I asked him about it, and his response was, nobody likes a tarnished candidate. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's deep. That's, that's, that's the really reality. The, the nature, the reality yeah. of this field. So. Yeah. I definitely feel the over-sexualization. Um, a lot of people don't know, but you, you took me under your wing when you went into <laughs> your campaign. And it was actually a really good experience because I was able to get the reality of um, politics outside of a university but actually in um, a real world mm-hmm. um, so for me to not even be a candidate running and to experience that sexualization over sexualization from people around me is crazy um, because when they address you 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 think they're going to address you for hey what do you bring to the table what? what's your qualifications what's your experience mm-hmm. no it's you're pretty would you like to get dinner right it's um do you have a boyfriend why is that the first question that you're asking why does it even matter like and that's the thing like the the double standard because there's a lot of times where it's like you wouldn't even be asking me this or care about this if i was a male and so you'll see like we see victory awesome stories all the time of like Mm -hmm. oh a 19 year old boy was elected to the house representative a 20 year old boy was doing this and doing that but you'll see probably i think there's like one or two young women in this country 
in our age group that are elected because the fight is a totally different fight. Yeah. <clears throat> totally different fight. The yeah. respect is not easily earned or given. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think in that um, atmosphere, women are constantly faced with compromising some form of dignity and the respect factor for themselves mm-hmm. or standing up for what they believe in. Right. And it, it's it's a constant what is the balance? Where how do I make the right move to know I'm going to be well respected, but to know that I'm not letting go of my standards. And I know we haven't started the conversation yet, me and Amber, so I'm gonna get to you. <laughs> but over here, like over over, <laughs> over sexualization plays a big role into the self esteem of young black women. Because yes. it's something that and like I say, this could be across the board too, but I'm coming to you from a black woman's perspective. Because it's something that we cannot control. We just naturally have those actually sexy bodies. And we can't control it. So it's a thing that's embedded in society to automatically over-sexualize women. But then when you're black on top of that, and it's just in your genes to be sexy, now it's like I can't even turn it on and turn it off. Mm -hmm. And automatically I'm viewed viewed in society as something that's too threatening because I have Mm -hmm. a body now. And I think for me being at Florida State, when I first got here, that was one of the things that I couldn't help because I didn't even realize how curvy I was till Florida State told me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then everybody made it a big deal because I'm going in the Senate. I thought I was clean. So clean, super clean in suits, and you know, I you know, I had a little junk in the truck. I couldn't help it. And um it was one of those things that for me, everybody else looked at around me as Hold on, who she thinks she is? Mm-hmm. Why she in here wearing that? Oh, she thinks she can wear that and tell me what bills to pass? Oh, this is funny. Mm-hmm. And it played a really big role into how I felt confidence-wise. And like the TED Talk we watched earlier that said there's a difference between confidence, esteem, and worth. And those three things automatically tie together and society's expectation of over-sexualization automatically off rips if you're a black female you're gonna get it from birth mm-hmm. but go ahead and okay mm-hmm. I and i feel that because i i can assume i can only imagine how you would have to experience that in entrepreneur and actually mm-hmm. seeking out business relationship with people when it's a, a male dominated field yeah mm-hmm. so how do you kind of maneuver that sector okay so for me like like coming off of what jasmine said i have i'm young i'm a woman i'm black the fourth one for me is a big factor is I came from a single parent home. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go backwards. So from the single parent home, I was raised by my dad. I wasn't raised by my mother. Mm-hmm. So me not seeing a woman, like I see my aunts and my grandma maybe, but me not being raised by my mom, I wasn't able to get personally for me that leadership skill that I, I needed to attain in order to like, you know, be successful in um, entrepreneurship. Luckily though, um, I was surrounded by female entrepreneurs. So my aunt, she had like a hot dog um, cart. Um, my grandma, she used to do like a cleaning um, cert, uh, business. So that kind of inspired me. So it always kind of pushed me to go, hey, um, maybe I could do whatever I wanted to do. Like, maybe I could start my own business. The third one being that um, I'm black. In entrepreneurship, there right now there are a lot of fem- black female entrepreneurs who are like coming up a lot. So it's it's a little bit easier for you to see somebody and go, okay, I can do that too, you know. And then because they know there aren't a, a lot of like black female entrepreneurs, um, they're more willing to like help you and give you like the skills or, you know, like mentor you. And then another good thing is in Tallahassee, they have a lot of like entrepreneurship um, resources. Mm-hmm. So like maybe, was it Friday? I went to like a workshop. It was free. 
Um, yeah, start a week. Yay. Um, I really advise everybody to do that next year because it's really beneficial. What is it called? Um, Tallahassee Startup Week. Okay. So it's like facilitated by a lot of um, faculty and staff from TCC. How did you hear about it? Yeah. How did did I hear about it? So this guy who um, I had a conversation with about my marketing for my business, he was actually the person who headed the the workshop. So it was a little bit accessible for me. Um, And then me being, what I say, y'all? Black, female. Female. Okay. Me being a female entrepreneurship is all about your drive and it's all about like how bad do you want it because entrepreneurship you don't really have people to push you you have to push yourself so that's the hardest thing about entrepreneurship like you literally have to keep going like when you bring your company once you're going to bring your company about two more times three more times like pepsi they rebranded like 30 maybe 20 times but in entrepreneurship, there are a lot of more sexual advances at you because they know that, hey, I need to do this or I need to get here or um, I may not have the funds that I need to draft up a contract or you know what I'm saying? Or me being from a single parent household, my dad, he wasn't educated with any type of legal um, resources that you need for a business. You know what I'm saying? So they're more like, oh, oh, so you want to go out on a date with me? Mm-hmm. Then I'll give you this. It's always I give you have to give you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it's all about you being that independent black woman mm-hmm. and then me being young I remember and this isn't just from the opposite like gender I remember my first entrepreneurship um expo event that I was a vendor at this woman came up to me she's just like hey how are you you know I'm like I'm good then I went into my little um elevator pitch about my business and she said how old are you I said I'm 19 years old you know what she said to me she was like oh you young I'm like, baby, what does that mean? I'm 19. I said, well, how old are you? And she was like, I think she said maybe like 40-something. I was like, well, that's funny because we're both in the same uh, space right now. I'm 19, you're 40-something. So that should tell you something. Yeah. So Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So all of those factors play into entrepreneurship. But if you see something and you want it, it's all about how bad do you want it. So you have to go get it. And, um... A lot of people in our society don't realize the fact that everyone's season, everybody is not in the same season when it's your mm-hmm. time to grow. It's not the same person, the, the person left to you or right to you time to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, 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 dan, uh, the dynamics, the dynamics, mm-hmm. dynamics, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> in the dynamics of you being raised by your father, um, that's something I actually went through. I was raised by my father, a single father. And um, mm-hmm. growing up with that, I think, because he was protecting <laughs> his little girl, yeah. the objectives were completely different. Yeah. Um, I think that overall, all parents have a consensus of we got to keep our um, our children safe. We got to keep our um, children happy and um, get them an edu- uh, make sure they have an education. Mm-hmm. Um, for my father, a it priority was. <laughs> was make sure that she's not sexualized yes. by anyone. Doesn't matter who it is. So with that objective in mind, leadership, in my opinion, when I was growing up was um, you can do anything, you can be anything as long as you don't get pregnant as a young age. That was successful leadership. That's what I grew up in. And it's bad that my biggest fear was not um becoming 16 and pregnant mm-hmm. that's it was that a is, real fear that's horrible that's not that with that in my head constantly every other day make sure you're not 16 and pregnant because that's what was hammered guys only want this guys only want that so um when i seeked out um 
opportunities, it was always, and, and if it was interactions with the opposite male, it was always, don't take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, we need to start having conversations about how do we maneuver in those environments where you are being over-sexualized and how do you demand your own respect, but also not ruin the opportunity. So I kind of want to get some insight from you guys. Like, how do you guys talk about those things? I know for me, um, I like to pull that person to the side and say, I did not like, I blatantly mm-hmm. say, I, and of course it's easier depending on the age. Mm-hmm. Um, um, depending on the age, it's easier to talk about those things, but I literally say, I did not like this because this. Um, and I've only started doing that since I um, had the opportunity to come to college because I've been more mm-hmm. comfortable with my voice. Before, I would just push it under the rug. <laughs> oh, you did that? No, boy, you didn't do that. What? What are you talking about? You didn't try it, no. I act like it didn't happen, but that wasn't a real reality because I was living in my own fantasy. Yeah. I don't know who's going to watch this. Girl, mm-hmm. it, don't, it don't matter. Whoever <laughs> watched it, it don't matter. Here. It does not matter. Okay, so what I will say is, because I get it all the time, mm-hmm. right? even from men who could be like my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so great, great, great. My great, great, great. I'm like, how do you not like my <laughs> like, you don't feel uncomfortable like you should feel more uncomfortable than me yeah. but I don't whatever it's great um, y'all okay <laughs> never mind <laughs> I had to scoot up in my seat <laughs> so what I do there's there's two things right for me you get you get one of two or both okay so what I'm gonna do first right is if there's some incentive for me, like if I'm still trying to, if I haven't fulfilled my goal yet and I yeah. still got to work with you on some level, yeah. I'm going to milk that cow. Be right. real. Let's be real. <laughs> be real. <laughs> be real. I'm going to milk that cow. Uh-huh. Now, here's the thing, though. I'm not, We. I'm going to milk the cow, but I ain't going to massage the cow. Because guess what? Because I'm going to get what I need. But in the end, if, if the deal, if the transaction does not go right and I pull the cat out of the bag, you're going to be the one looking sick. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't entertaining you. I was still being doing strictly right. business. Mm-hmm. And so on the other end, if if it's just too much for me, if, if I just feel disrespected, if I feel like I'm just straight up being taken advantage of or that there's just nothing, there's no point in me even engaging <clears throat> or entertaining this, mm-hmm. oh, baby, you're on the block list. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I see you in real life, it's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Thing. I don't That's know. Crazy. This has been like such a hard thing to confront yeah. just in general because you might think like something like the campus is so big it won't get get around like if I if I shut this down it won't like impact me in the future but it might and that's something that like we have to deal with. And I think it's also important to talk about how it's not just a sexual advance that can be like over sexualization. It can be like a male coworker or a higher up coming up to you and talking about another female coworker mm-hmm. or a client or something yeah. like that and sexualizing them in front of you and, and you that kind of them. sends the message like that's blocklist. I'm that's blocklist absolutely behavior. being sexualized in this workspace, yeah. in this environment, in this education because of who I am yeah. and how like like maybe you weren't thinking about it but then it brings to the front exactly what's going through their mind and it's like it makes you your skin crawl because yeah. you're like now you gotta look over your shoulder an extra couple times, yeah. and I I don't know the answer because yeah. that can it depends where you are yeah. like politics that can impact yeah. if you get 
the next thing. Yeah. yeah. And it does. And you know, oh my gosh, I'm just oh I'm broadcasting the world <laughs> to the <laughs> like this is gonna come back and haunt me. No, it's not. But, it's not. Whatever. but it so, can. I'm still alive, I promise you. So, <laughs> I promise you you good. I had to to this uh conference, it was in another state. And um, I was with a friend there, and we happened to meet this guy. He worked in the corporate world for a very... He worked for Walmart. Yeah. And um, he was up high in their corporate um, standings, whatever. Yeah. And um, we had went out to dinner with, like, a bunch of other representatives and a bunch of people. And then afterwards, we're like, oh, man, like, this conference went all day. We didn't even get to explore the city that we're in. And he's like, oh, well, come on, y'all. Like, we'll, we'll go out. We'll go do something. And we're a little naive. Like, oh, okay, huh, let's go. And so this man takes us to the strip club. Huh? And we're like, oh, okay, well, wow. yeah. So, like, we're sticking together. We're looking at him like, uh, you can do what you do. We're just going to yeah. sit over here. Like, whatever. But, like, he comes, he comes to us to talk to us while we're there. And something that he said that I'll never forget was, wow. It's so good that you two could come in here and be normal because that'll get you far in, in your career. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is where, you know, like strip clubs, football games, you know, all those type of events are where men make business connections and transactions. Wow. So as a woman, and especially in, wow. in a social field, you have to be able to go to places where you might not be comfortable or necessarily welcomed because that's where your business will be made and that's where the deals will be struck. So that is crazy. It's, it's necessary. Because wow. that's the culture of it. That's yeah. the culture. Um, uh, let's shout out um, being Mary Jane really quickly because yeah. um, her best friend. Oh my gosh, this is not being Mary Jane. This is insecure because I just got the shows messed up. So mm-hmm. Molly um, had she works in she's an attorney and she mm-hmm. had to go to a hockey game mm-hmm. where that was like you know kind of the guys thing and basically pitch herself right. um, on getting a higher a higher um, compensation for her work mm-hmm. um, and she did not feel comfortable at all and even right. in that space the guy was like the, the her boss was basically brushing her off mm-hmm. right so that's the reality that we live yeah. in we have to step in those spaces but when we're, we're stepping in those spaces are we even welcome mm-hmm. are we even taken seriously um but i actually wanted to give you guys a story because <laughs> this one this this story was an eye-opening story so um when i was a, a, a couple of years back um I had the opportunity to represent an organization, and um, with the organization I was working with, there was a lot of males in that field. So um, my, I guess you could call her advisor, you know, introduced me to someone that said she said was going to take me to a lot of places, and this is a good connection to have. So you know, naturally, I'm eager. I want to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, I ended up taking advantage of the opportunity, and um, they basically the the guy we'll just call him bob for <laughs> lack of better terms bob um took me out right and i took advantage of that opportunity but i almost felt like when it started going left i was reprimanding myself for taking for even taking advantage of the mm-hmm. opportunity for not knowing that this could have this was like a setup for myself like why didn't i see the signs earlier or mm-hmm. i put myself in the position to be interacted with in, in this way well isn't that just the problem that like, the is the that problem we are like the victim of this process yes. and then we're like oh it's my fault yes for, but it's their fault yes for putting you in that situation. or you feel like you're obligated to be nice yeah. because you don't want to hurt anybody feelings. yes but if they have if they're that bold to come up to you and say whatever hey little mom i had this one guy be, beginning of care summer hey little black 
Excuse me? I have a name. Girl, girl, it's somebody in my I care class right name. now. We're not going to get on care summer bridge. Shout out to the Center for Academic Retention yes. and Enhancement. We love y'all. <laughs> but amazing. You're providing amazing an opportunity program. to get a higher but when education. I tell you, I'm still hot right now to this day. And we seniors. And he's in leadership, so I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. But care summer bridge. He stuck his tongue out to me and did that little... Oh my god. And I've been hot since okay. summer break. You guys <laughs> Listen, for y'all that cannot see this on our <laughs> the ones that are listening on YouTube. And now I try to on Spotify and stuff. Because he's a little bit better. He's grown up. And people grow and people change. Definitely. Yeah, okay. okay. So <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> the, okay, so the over-sexualization thing is a problem. Um, and I think one of the ways to kind of tackle these problems is to have female representation and female mentors that can kind of guide us through their experiences and um, how to, you know, take advantage of our experiences. So do you guys have um, female mentors that basically help you guys with these things? Um, do you have role models or is that a thing in leadership that do you feel like everyone, every man is for themselves? Ooh. Y'all know how I feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want to go last? Let's just start to go first. Do you want me to go last? Let, let, you can go you, last. You can go last. You can ice us Okay, off. so for me, I have a number of different um, role models in my life, and I feel like they're for certain purposes. So my aunt, because I never really lived with my mom, she's like my mom figure. But she also, you know, not everyone is perfect, so she does have flawed characteristics or whatever. But she helps me with the, um, you got to go up and get it yourself. You have to be independent. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as Octavia, Octavia is the structure. She's the, you need to do this, this, and this at this, this, and this time. You know what I'm saying? She's like, she's that support that you need when you, um, girl, I'm in this stagnant position of my life right now where I don't know, like, which way I want to go. But Octavia is there to tell me, like, I'm glad you're in this position right now because this is your down season. Um, when God blesses you, you're going to be in your up season. You know what I'm saying? Um, who else? My pastor. That's my like spiritual like um, mentor. So any guidance I need is from the Bible. <laughs> my grandma <laughs> as well. But I feel like everyone should have someone that can help them um, throughout their lifetime because we're young. We need people who have already been through what we've been through. You know what I'm saying? Especially as black women. Especially as whatever um, ethnicity or race you may identify with. You need someone who can help you. Because um, it helps you, like, it helps resonate better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a counselor right now. She's the op- well, not opposite race, but <laughs> she's white. <laughs> I'm black. So the things that I'm be talking about, I can kind of see her, like, brush it over over her head because she doesn't really get it you know what i'm saying versus my friend who's talking she's black her counselor is black she tells me that it resonates way better because she understands like exactly what we go through so i feel like it's very necessary now your turn Uh, i was trying to see if anybody else wants to talk on this but everybody knows how i feel if you go to florida state i do apologize you know how i feel about mentorship i think it's very important and it's very vital to all communities actually and the reason being is because, so we're all, uh, as humans, we're all on different levels of mm-hmm. so- understanding society. And I think us as educated females, we have to show the next generation how to have access to that education privilege mm-hmm. and how to maneuver it being a female. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that, yes, yeah, sad that we have to have mentorship to do that because we should automatically be instilling in our kids what 
is I guess morally correct, but society doesn't do that. Yeah. So mentorship is very important and it's a very vital aspect to our communities and our societies. And I think for me as a black woman, it's even it's even, it's ten times blown out the window because nobody's gonna tell you if somebody doesn't tell you. Yeah. And so I always try to start young. <laughs> you try to instill it in them early, and that's one of the reasons in which I'm going into higher education potentially in my master's hopefully we're going to claim that yes it's um, because, it's because i found that skill and i found that niche in college that i'm able to connect to first generation students that i'm able to connect to and not yet not all students that i've mentored have been first generation either so freshman students and students that are going through the same things that i've already been through like Amber said you need somebody that has already been through it but you need multiple so not all of my mentors are all females I have the female mindset and I have the male mindset because you need the males for business. You need the females to show you how to operate and to show you how mm -hmm. to become a woman in leadership. So I think that mentors are very important. I think everybody needs a mentor. Mm -hmm. And like Amherst said, for different reasons, not all of prayer can't get you through. Well, yes, it can. The Bible can't get you through everything. <laughs> so there are some things that's not mentioned in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There are things that are happening in today's society that weren't even thought of or written down in the Bible back then. So I need somebody else that's right here right now to tell me how to get through what I'm getting through right here and right now. Mm -hmm. Also, mentorship just provides. It's a whole nother mm -hmm. level of education. It's the education that's not written down in books. It's the things that when I'm struggling as a black woman, who gonna tell me that they understand what that feels like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's not written in that AMH textbook that you just had. So. Mm -hmm. um, well, not all environments are as welcoming as the environment that you set out. Mm -hmm. So I think in right. some professions, um, it's very much so a get it on your own because mm -hmm. I had to struggle to get to this position. Yeah. Um, and I think that a, a lot of times that can come from people that look like us and people that don't look like us. Mm -hmm. So um, I can speak to that. Yes, uh, yes, please Let's do go. because I think in politics, that's one of the things where it's, oh, baby. I had to struggle to get here. Right. You're gonna struggle too. Right. That's an attitude thing. Right. But go ahead. And um, you know, I actually find it to be a more of an issue among um, like people that look yes. like us, African Americans. Mm -hmm. But I think that feeds into a bigger issue, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. you know, it also that looks also into another big issue that we have as a community is a failure to do succession planning, and that's because yes. like that mindset has has come. Yes. But I think among some older women it's a lot worse because they not only had to fight mm -hmm. as an African-American, but they had to fight even harder as a woman because yeah. women then, when they were fighting, Ooh. didn't have the same rights fight. that we have yeah. now. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's in this field, in this, in this area, it can be hard because there are a, a drought, there is a drought of, of female leaders who can help mentor you. So I have one. <laughs> um, she's a legislator in Georgia mm -hmm. and she is she's so awesome like she says whatever she wants she doesn't let people you know take advantage of her or, or talk to her any kind of way like she will she's totally outspoken and will shut them down and um, I had to go out, out of my way to find her but she has been a help and she's actually the only female mentor that I have all of my mentors are men Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because I've had just a really hard time finding mentors that are women and then like the ones that I do have the others that are women 
aren't really mentors in this field that can really help me with some of the mm-hmm. stuff that I might face. So I notice if I do try to go to them with an issue or something I'm facing, they no, can't. Mm-hmm. They they yeah, yeah they can't even help. understand or help me because they didn't even understand like that these things were an issue. You know, po- politics in the world of it is just cutthroat and it's raw. And if you and, and not everybody understands that or can even, you know, fully digest that. So they'll be like, yeah, just don't take it. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm like, yeah. All right. I'm not going to take it, but like, How? say like a like about? huge bill or deal is yeah. on the table. Like, yeah. I can't just run away. Like, I got to yeah, yeah. still try to yeah. get it. So um, there are certain issues that come up that sometimes I've just got to <clears throat> face it myself. There's also like a transgenerational gap between yes. us. And I think Common says it in one of his songs. We need the wisdom of the elders and the energy of the young people. And that's where that's mentorship, literally. I need what you've already tried, what didn't work for you, what did work for you, what's next. And then I need my own energy, my own education to recreate whatever you tried to do that didn't work or did work in order for us to make change. Like that's just sustainability. That creates sustainability by having mentorship programs. And I think we have a lot of mentorship programs. They're just not as sustainable. And we need more women represented into those as well to give back. Because it, does, it doesn't make sense that it takes you that long to find some, a woman in politics. We get that the struggle is harder, but we all know that. So we need more representation across the board in order for everybody to have somebody in some profession to give back to that next generation that's coming up. That way, that struggle is a little lightening mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and it, and it honestly is like at first a tough pill to swallow because I remember going in and I would see like even here locally like we have some other black women who are either involved in politics or already elected, right. and I remember like trying to go to them and talk to them and like build a you connection with them and yeah mm-hmm. like you either brushed mm-hmm. off or like they've already they've had to remove a part of themselves. Mm-hmm. to be in this field and so they've lost touch with you know that you still have that part and that they should try to at least help you keep it mm-hmm. and be in, and bring you it up but they just don't yeah. it's like they it's almost like a, a bitterness yeah. And, yeah. and you feel it yeah. when you try to go ask for help or or at least ask for advice it's mm-hmm. just not not yeah. given that's the culture that we kind of need to dismantle as we're even trying to get in these positions which is again a two-part tackle um, that we constantly have to go through but um, we've examined leadership in I think a sense of um, corporation or um, an idea of with society Mm -hmm. how do you examine leadership um, as women with yourself and um, in different environments like family dynamic or um, friendships or relationships. How does that leadership look for you guys? I want to go first. Yes. Okay. So once again, being that I grew up in a single parent household, leadership, in my perspective, was okay. I have to be the mom for my little sister. And being that my my dad, he was dealing with some type of you know personal issues, I had to also sometimes be the father in the situation. So here I I had to like be the mom and the dad in order to survive. I wasn't doing it because I genuinely wanted to. Like if I didn't cook, my sister wasn't gonna eat or I wasn't gonna eat, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So me coming onto a college campus and trying to do leadership, I didn't have the correct idea of leadership simply because 
family dynamics is completely different from like real life like mm -hmm. outside of your home you know what i'm saying so it was like um the 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 skills that i had weren't transferable to the position that i had mm -hmm. so it was like trying to teach myself like how is the organization supposed to be ran or um how how do you be a leader for people who aren't your family that was the biggest issue um and i'm still learning that right now because i've always been a leader for myself mm -hmm. so that's still like a a going process. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a continuous process. So, yeah, I feel that. I think, um, I think so. I feel <laughs> I feel because there's no um, uh, there's no I guess blood ties yeah. with those people, so they don't have to listen to you, even though yeah. your sister didn't have to listen to you in a sense. Yeah. Um, so in that in that dynamic, I do relate. Um, me too. Like I said before, growing up in a single parent household with my father. He wasn't around much, so I had to be the leader for my for my household, for mm -hmm. my for my sister and myself. So um, that was different because I got I missed out on a lot of my childhood. Yes, mm -hmm. um, I missed out on a lot of my childhood, and I grew up faster than I did. And I think a lot of women have to grow up faster than mm -hmm. they do. Um, and in that sense, I think that it kind of takes an innocence away from you because you're exposed to so much worldly things at such a young age. Yeah. Um, and when you get older, you realize, wow, I didn't have to be doing all of this right. as such a... I, did, I shouldn't have known so much about finances at seven, eight years old, you know, being um, evicted and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that's something I had to come face to face with. Yeah. Um, and I think that it naturally just makes you want to bulk up and put on your, you know, big shoes and say, let's go. Let's, what's, what, what do you need me to do? Um, and I think that that also plays a role in my uh, like my relationship life because yeah. I've always had a sense of taking control that yes. I don't know when to let go of control. <laughs> so maybe overanalyzing the I dynamic. <laughs> High five! I admitted it. I admitted it. I admitted it. I'm proud. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna um, Shout out to broadcast this because oh, this is. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. Okay. <laughs> So I am admitting that I have a problem with taking control. Um, well, it's over taking too much control and not letting other people take control. Boom! There oh, you have it. I said it. Amen. Okay. Um, I'm saying. Is it gonna be a post? That's the question. Because it's staying right here. I just got that notification. So listen. So with that dynamics, I think that I as. I was growing up, I've always had a concept in my mind, I have to be in charge of this because they're not going to let me be in charge of it later if I don't take it now. Um, I have to say this is how I feel because if I don't say it now, they're not going to let me say it later. Um, so it's become a problem where I automatically overassume how people feel or conclusions because in my mindset, it's linear. A plus B equals C, C. D, F, G. And you might be all of them at all. So it's hard as a woman leader, um, just being in tune with my feelings and my emotion and, and recognizing that it doesn't have to be logical. It does not. And I like, to this day, I feel powerful. powerful. I feel like I have a lot of influence, but I also feel tired, drained, sad, yeah. lonely. Mm. Can I say something? Wow. I'm so sorry. Yes. But piggybacking off of what you said, it also has a large effect on your character and like you, how well do you know yourself? Because you're so caught up in the things that you have to do for like daily life. And now it's like, dang, I'm on my own. 
Like, so you don't realize certain things or you don't realize, like, your strengths. You know your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Like, you're well aware of your weaknesses because growing up in a single-parent household, you hear about it all the no, time. Yeah. You're not doing this right. But yeah. now it's like, okay, I know I'm going to be successful as a black woman. Period. I know um, <laughs> what, I know my capabilities, but to what extent do I know my capabilities? Mm -hmm. So that's a continuous process that I feel like all black women have to go through um, because we all have, like, different milestones so when we graduate college, boom, that's it. That's a milestone. Then okay, what, what is what happens after college? I think so. Yeah, I'm tackle mm -hmm. a lot of what y'all said in a lot of different areas. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm gonna tie this back to mentorship. Because, <laughs> but I'll, then I'm gonna hop out of mentorship. I promise y'all. <laughs> but the reason being is because a lot of us don't find who we are or find what we do until we get to college. And not necessarily is that too late, but it can start earlier. Yeah. It can start when you're a kid and when you know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. You have that from the time that you're in like kindergarten and you're mm -hmm. exposed to the world then. So that's one of the reasons why I think mentorship is even more important because a lot of us don't get the experience of trying to find out who we are and trying to decipher the things that we go through at home with being in college at the same time yeah. until we're here and it's like we've already been through this stuff we can take the younger generation start even younger than college yeah. they can start businesses by high school and we just not taking advantage of the opportunity to give them that opportunity because yeah. it took us so long to make that realization right. mm -hmm. next i'm gonna tie this back to the original <laughs> i'm next i got you <laughs> i know you got my back on this one. i'm waiting for you you don't know it. i'm praying over here for you um, next, I'm tying this back to the family aspect mm -hmm. of it because I grew up in a single parent household, but I wasn't always in a single parent household. Mm -hmm. My my household had two parents at one time, and then divorce happened, and that that household changed, and so the dynamics of me as a kid had to change as well mm -hmm. because while I was still in a household with two parents, they were just broken. So me as a kid still had to grow grow up just as fast because mm -hmm. now you got two broken people together and it's like okay well what just do you do what do you do <laughs> yeah y'all just take it up <sighs> not necessarily i love my parents my mommy rest in peace i love you too but not necessarily are they like just taking up space because they're very vital part of my part of my life no, but no, no i get you no because I, I repeat i repeated you so i affirmed it but <laughs> but but it's still one of those things where you have to fill in the missing pieces and mm -hmm. once my parents divorced me as a kid then i became what was missing out of my family which was a father figure which was a male presence in the household mm -hmm. so I literally started doing everything I thought my dad should have been doing so that was whether that's opening the doors for my mom mm -hmm. or going out making sure that we had everything provider wise I think that's a I guess it's not a male role but it's a societal male role which mm -hmm. is to be a provider and so those dynamics came into play when I came, got to college as well because I felt like I needed to this is where mentorship provide for everybody else and making sure that everybody else has what they need as well. Mm -hmm. so, oh, okay. So, well, kind of to talk about what you were saying, I think it's important to realize that um, maybe part of why we don't start thinking about our identity until we're in college is because we have all these things to figure out first. Yeah, like, yeah. I, what I've heard from a lot of your stories is that like you had to become a, another role other yeah. than just the kid. Yeah. So it's hard for you to figure out who you are if you are, are being the parent as well. 
So I think that's why we take the college time to do that. Yeah. And, and then, then oop, and then my second part <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was that kind of similar to you also is that I didn't start in a single family house. Um, but when my parents were together, it was extremely male dominated despite like him not being the breadwinner maybe that was like his overcompensation for it like it was just extremely male dominated I have the final say and it resulted in a lot of like backlash because my mom is a strong woman mm-hmm. she was like no 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 buddy but um, so then that translated to them separating and also me kind of taking on like the mother role and for my sisters because I have a million siblings so I mean like why do they keep that in kids I don't know but and it was just so then I went into my relationships thinking that like oh well I I didn't like like the way my dad was so I was like I have to be the dominant one I have to take control of all this and it kind of crippled a few relationships. Yep. And then I was like hold on it's not them it's me yeah and it's because of my past so then I like into my current relationship, it's kind of a. I <laughs> learned. I can't see, but yeah. I learned, and it was like we have to recognize that it sometimes we're going to be dominant and sometimes we're not. Yeah. And it's like learning from each other in different areas where the other one has um, more knowledge or more experience, and knowing that it doesn't have to be one way or the other because of our gender. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that I, superwoman syndrome. That yeah. superwoman syndrome, and I um with that superwoman syndrome, it takes a lot of self reflection, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of times we misconstrue self awareness for self reflection because you can know how you feel, but do you know why you're feeling that way? And I think until this day, that's something that I'm working on on the why aspect and being blatantly honest with myself on saying. I feel like this because of this and I might not I might not it maybe not it might not be appropriate for me to feel like that but I feel like that <laughs> um and vocalizing those feelings and spaces um how do you guys uh, maneuver vocalizing your feelings and your um, emotions in um positions of leadership not even necessarily positions with leadership as a whole how do you guys um Stay true to what you guys feel and vocalize that to other people and not think, oh, I'm being too emotional or, you know. Well, okay, so we that's that's a good question because it still ties into my answer to the last question. But I got <laughs> I to speak to the last question. Yes. So, okay, but I'm going to tie it all together. <laughs> yes. So one thing I just want to say about the points you two made is that I think the reason we start thinking so differently or so much with with a more open worldview in college is because for the first time for many people um you learn that your reality or the realities that you knew are not standard Mm -hmm. like for me when i came to college is where i learned that all the racism that i experienced growing up was not normal for every everybody else that looked like me Mm -hmm. and so you start learning things about the world and other people and their experiences and that's when you think when the when the light turns on to go back because you realize there's people where you came from living those realities that you didn't know they were living. Um, And for me, like home life, leadership. So like you all, um, I grew up in a single parent household, but with my mother. And um, something about her, my mom is like so super, super strong. And um, she never never let us know when something was wrong. Like I tell you, I've probably seen my mother cry like once in my life because she she hides it she just hides it so well and even as a kid like with financial stuff like I remember coming home 
and the lights were being were off and like they wouldn't turn on but I didn't know why and my mother would not let us know mm-hmm. why she made it seem like just something was wrong with the light company I don't know and she called and lied and told them that we were sick and something was I don't know but they turned it on and I Girl, still it took me it took so me funny. years to understand that and I remember my freshman year when I was away from home because I used to be just so uh, such a brat to my mom yeah. and it, I remember my freshman year at one point after like going through like depression and like all the stuff and life just really hit me hard as soon as I left home, you know, and I, I was experiencing all these emotions. I remember one day I just broke down because I realized that all of these things that I'm facing and all of the battles that I've had to fight, my mother has had to too. Like while she was being a parent, she was also a normal person too and, and every emotion was being felt by her. Mm-hmm. And so that was just such an overwhelming thought for me to process because mm-hmm. like the feelings I were feeling were just terrible, were, were so overwhelming. And then I was like, wow, she's had to have that, but also raise two kids at the same time on her own. Mm-hmm. And so how that, how I take away from that, you know, I had to be a very independent kid, though I did have my brother, like, laundry at the age of five, like, make lunch for school, like, all of that was done by us. And so now, the way I see things, and the way that my mom was, when something happens, whether I'm working with a group or when I'm working with other family members or whatever, um, no matter how bad things get, I never ever, you know, feel like this is the end. And that's the way my mom led the house. No matter how bad things get, no matter what's happening, it's never the end. And you shouldn't let this stop you or break you. And so even last summer, my nine-year-old cousin died and it was so unexpected and I remember I, that was the first time anyone ever died. I was bawling my eyes out. I called my mom. She's like, don't cry in front of the kids. And so um, I had to go around, like, the kids and the family, his little sis siblings, and just, like, be stone cold mm-hmm. and keep things moving and, and take them out and do stuff with them. And while it hurt, I feel like that taught them a very valuable lesson that while stuff can be wrong and it's not bad to feel emotion, you shouldn't let it break you or stop mm-hmm. you. And that's the way I, I lead. That mm-hmm. it's never the end. I think that in my um, experience, I grew up with not being able to let those emotions out. So I think that now in this space that I'm in, I'm a very big stickler with letting yourself feel those things in whatever arena it looks like. So, um, like, if you have to cry, cry. You know, mm-hmm. if you have to laugh, laugh. Maybe it's a nervous laugh. Maybe it's a uncomfortable laugh. But feel those emotions out in whatever way it 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 comes to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also know that um, when other people try to belittle you as a woman for feeling those emotions, you have all rights to say, "Hello, I'm a human being, mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing this, that, and a third. And I ha- I I get the time to experience it. Mm-hmm. I get whatever time, blah blah. And of course, it's warranted by the situation you're in because sometimes you don't have enough time to, right. you know, feel out as much as you want to feel out. But you deserve that as a human being to let yourself experience those emotions. And I think that right now in the space mm-hmm. that I'm in. Um, being president of the FSU chapter of the NAACP, there has been so much <laughs> over expectations that people have had had of me as a leader, mm-hmm. and it's 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 different because um, because of the factor of my age and because of the factor of me being a woman. It's you can't fuck up, you know. Excuse my French, 
I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't mess up. We expect you to be ready. Mm-hmm. Something happened. What's next, Tazzy? Tell mm-hmm. us. We're ready. Give us the answer now. Mm-hmm. Right now. Not tomorrow. Now. Right. Answer. And it's hard because I've been programmed to do that growing up. So I let myself fill that space until mid-semester. I kind of had a breakdown. Um, and I realized, wow, why am I feeling that? And why am I being so hard on myself? It's because I let myself go to these expectations. I let myself live to the expectation. When and, and, and it feels like every day I'm always in a rush. I'm always in a hurry. And I'm always... <laughs> she don't believe in time, y'all. I don't believe in time. But I, I'm working, working on working progress. But... Um, it's to the point where now, if you do not, if you can't acknowledge that when I'm, in a, I'm a human being first, and, I, and I'm allowed to acknowledge emotions, then we can't have a conversation. And I get the whole take, take emotions out of business. But at the end of the day, person, you're not a robot. You're a human before. And, and, and the way you have effective change is having it transformed through passion, through emotion, through all those stuff. That's when people do stuff on their own. That's when people take initiative because they actually care. Mm-hmm. That's when things are actually for real. And it's not for fake. It's just not an exchange of behavior through different people. And it took a while to learn that. And I'm still learning that right now. That's what's missing out of business, though, is the passion. And that's yeah. why a lot of it just fails. Yeah, and that's and why people don't, like, people don't. But people think business and passion are two different things, and it's really not. You have a business that is your passion, yeah. <laughs> that's success. Yeah. And when you try to separate business and passion, then that's where becoming too emotional is now a problem because yeah. you're not supposed to be emotional when you're conducting business. But if my business is my heart, you can't tell me that mm-hmm. I don't have a right to my own heart. Mm-hmm. You want to know another thing, like when it comes to passion, like black families, for example, mm-hmm. we're taught, I feel like we're taught and trained. Hey, you can't do certain things because it's not going to make you money. Mm-hmm. But what about what about what I want to do? What about the vision that I have? You know what I'm saying? Like growing up, my dad always told me because I remember I wanted to be an artist, then a singer, then a dancer. You know, <laughs> cliche. But my dad told me he was like, "You're not going to make any money with that." Right. Even right now, I told him I added on um, an entrepreneurship major, well, minor because. Um, I'm interested in entrepreneurship. I remember being on the phone and he, he told me, he was like, oh, um, I thought you were going to go to law school. I'm like, why can't I go to law school and also be an entrepreneur? Like, that that's going to tie into my entrepreneurship. Why can't I go to law school for, like, consulting or something, something that is going to help my business or help my entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. So, like, we're taught to grow up at an early age. So then we have this vision of, okay, my life should be here but we're only 19, we're only 20, um, why won't we just follow our passions? So I feel like that's a conversation that is a conversation in itself. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I know yeah. a lot of that has to do with um, a lot of um, our parents didn't have the opportunity to mm-hmm. get the, to choose what yeah. they wanted to do. They learned landed in places that you got to do whatever is going to make you the most money because you have a family to, mm-hmm. to provide for. You have responsibilities. In our space, we're lucky. We have to acknowledge our privilege. Yes. But we have a privilege to follow our path. Like it's not even a privilege. You have like basically the right to follow your passion because people have sacrificed so much for you to be in the space to choose what you want to do for yourself mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like. Like if, and that's funny because I at first I wanted to become a dentist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I used to make dentures and everything. I'm a certified dentist. 
other genders. We need support from other religions, other races, everywhere. Yes. Um, so I want you guys to think about one thing that you guys want to leave with our audience today. Um, what do you <clears throat> want to close off on? What do you want to tell them as um, they're seeking out leadership um, in their environments, in their schools, in their campuses? Um, what would you tell that person, particularly a woman? I don't want to go first. I'm trying to Anyone. I'm ready. I got to collect my thoughts. Okay, I want to go. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> um, She's ready. She's ready. All right. Tanya, <laughs> Sally, Sam, um, Amaris, Octavia, Jasmine, Maggie, um, Sarah. Um, what list is this? Justin. Justin, Chris. So you picked up on Everyone. Um, whatever the name is, <laughs> wherever you are. Um, remember that you are uniquely you, um, and there is nobody that compare, can compare to the experiences that you have experienced and the skill sets that you have, regardless if you think it's, if it's adequate enough, um, because you, um, there's nobody else like you at all, ever. So be you. Yeah. I'm going to just say it. I'm going to keep it short and simple. You are a force to be reckoned with. Period. 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 Drop mic. All right, Somebody these guys. Else pick up the I'll mic. go. Okay. Yes. You kind of inspired me, Tazzy. I think um, a really good conversation I had recently was um, I'm I'm always trying to be really reflective of the space I take in any area, like how much I say, making sure everyone has like an equal opportunity, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes I'm like, well, I just didn't feel like I had. I could take space. And I think that what I want to leave everyone with is um, no matter who you are, what you identify as, um, you can take space. You deserve to take that space. And everyone around you is also able to take that space. And there's enough for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yes. That's all. Girl, space is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I don't know what I would actually, I don't know. leave everybody with I think what I would leave everybody with is whatever you think is holding you back or threatening other people is actually a weapon for you to protect yourself Mm -hmm. and for you to advance so like we talked about our bodies we talked about our voices all of those things are things that threaten some sort of demographic and that demographic is threatened because it's actually power so be empowered by whatever you think is holding you back or whatever you think that <clears throat> other people do not approve of. Okay, and finally me. Um, believe bigger because insecurity does not meet ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot allow what you see another person doing to affect what you believe that you should do. Because if God gave you the idea, then clearly he's going to allow it to manifest. Um because everyone has their unique talents. So, yeah. Yay! Well, we are done with episode at two names. of a Broken Conversation. At names. They really want to do at names. And I, I know you hear Octavia in the back. So, go ahead and do the at names real quick. I honestly didn't want to do mine. I wanted them to do theirs. But my at name is I am love 721 At Maddie Schaff. M-A-D-D-I-E-S-H-A-F-F. <laughs> I'm going to do a pause real quick and add to a point and just say that um, you do not serve a God of confusion. Ooh. Hey. <laughs>
peace. Where where confusion is, Jesus is not there. Boom. Yes. So follow your gut and do what's right and don't let any walls or any confusion take you away from your mission. Boom. Anyways, my at is <laughs> at J D A L I J Dolly. Okay, and finally me, I have two ats. So my main is <laughs> at underscore dark skin next door. Literally spell out every word. It's all together. Um, and then my business account is at minks next door. M-I-N-K-S next door. Woo! Well, thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to cut this camera. <laughs>